Here, the number one event the Jews go to a whole year is? No, far, far more than Uman, far more than anywhere else. Nothing beats Rabbi Shimba Yochai Miron. There is no event that comes even close to the amount of people that visit Miron on Shlag Bomer. That's, that, that is the event that is the, the most exciting for the, all the Jewish people. The question is, why is everyone so excited? Why? Hey, Cohen is speaking over here. Watch out. Are you? What is it about the day of Lagba Omer that brings such a joy to so many people from all walks of life that everyone goes to Rabbi Shimon? What is it about Rabbi Shimon that, that we connect with and that we only want to be part of? What is it about his personality of what he gave the world that, that everyone feels like today is my day, today is a day of joy, today is a day of blessing, today is a day of miracles? What, what, what is it about this day that it doesn't matter who you are in Israel, today is Shimon Yochai, doesn't matter, you keep Yom Kippur, you don't keep Yom Kippur, but Rabbi Shimon Yochai, Miron, of course, you're going to come. What, what is it? Day of Lagba Omer. A similar question, which a question that any thinking person has asked, asked is, how do you get up after you knock down? How do you get up and you stay strong after you knocked off, off the horse? What is it some people, they get knocked off, and they still maintain the strength to continue and to go again, and, to, and some people don't. And it's very relevant to today because today's the day when Rabbi Kiva's students stopped dying. Stopped dying today, on the 32nd day of Anlagba uh, Omer, which is tonight. And what do you do the next day after his students stopped dying? What was his next move? You know what his next move was? Five students, new ones. He had five new students. One of his students was, you know about this, uh, Isaac? Rabbi Kiva had 24,000 students. And they all died. There was, he had 700 funerals a day. 700 funerals a day is more than they had in Israel during Corona. It's like, like in France and in Spain, in Italy. There was a disease, there was an epidemic, and they all died at this time. There were 700 people dying a day. And after everyone died, he went, he got, gets up that very day, and he goes to start a new yeshiva with five new students. The five new students are one of them. They were students before? It seems like he went somewhere else to get new students. I thought there were five leftover students. I know. I, 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 I also wonder. I'm not sure. I, I, I am not sure. So the five, the five students were the all-star team. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Meir Balanes, Rabbi Huda Bar Eloi. These Sadiqim, the five students of, of, of the Rebbe that he started in the new yeshiva, they're the ones who rebuilt the Jewish world. And if it wouldn't be for them, there wouldn't be Torah today. Wouldn't be Torah. It was those students that, that we have Torah today, whatever, it's because of these five students. So what gave Rabbi Kiv that strength after he was knocked down, losing so many of his students, how did he have the strength to start it all over again? Where did it come from? There was a uh, soldier in Israel who uh, lived in, a, uh, in Nachlaot, a very poor area, and he had a really hard time uh, because he was dyslexic, and he came home, and his uh, mother and him went to go buy some, uh, buy some tomatoes. They went into this, uh, this uh, wholesaler. They wanted to buy some reseca guaniot. And uh, what's, what's going to happen? Why, why not? Let's bring some tomatoes home. We're hungry. Let's go buy some tomatoes. The guy screams at the lady. She says, we only sell wholesale over here, ma'am. You're not welcome. Get out of here. Only wholesale. Leave us alone. So her son was very insulted because of because of his mother, so you don't sell the whole, you only sell retail, fine, you only sell wholesale, but why are you screaming? So the boy decided 
he's going to make a, a program where he could buy retail for the prices of wholesale. Who is this boy? His name is Rami Levy. Rami Levy. And he, did, now in Israel, he has the largest, he has the Ralphs. Ralphs in Israel is Rami. Rami Levin, he, he started this uh, little store, this little store, but into, into a bigger store, into a chain of stores. It's still there, the little store. It's still there. This first store? Yeah. Wow. So, the, unfortunately, um, right in the beginning of the uh, of Corona in uh, Germany, there was a uh, Chabad rabbi there named Rabbi, rabbi Benny Wolf. Benny Wolf was a um, very devoted emissary of the rabbi there in Hanover. And uh, he, uh, he, he, did, he wasn't well, he had to go to the hospital, and uh, he, took, he took a selfie of himself, gone on the oxygen, you know, I'll be home a couple of days. But then, they, then he called up his wife, he, he said, they want to put me under, because I'm not breathing properly, they want, to put, they, want, they want to put me under. And they did. And Rahman al-Tzlan, that's the last time he spoke, she spoke to him. She, uh, she was called to the hospital on a Friday, and a year ago, and uh, she didn't know what she was getting into. She thought like she, she's coming to the hospital because like you know to visit him. They called to the hospital. She didn't realize how bad it was. They, call, they called the hospital to say goodbye. So she comes there on a Friday afternoon, and she's talking to him, she's saying stories to him, she, and, and hoping that you know he'll, he'll, he'll react and she'll he'll wake up. Doesn't wake up, and the doctor trying to hint to her this is the last moment. She had no idea how bad it was. She didn't, she didn't, she know this was the end. And there hasn't been a, a funeral of a rabbi in Germany since World War II. So she decided on the spot that she, is, she has a family in Israel, she could, you know, she, but, but she's, she's a Rebbe center there. She's in Hanover. So she, she's built something there. She has a day school. She has an she has, she has afternoon school. She has a Sunday school. She has kids that are waiting for the whole community. So she decided that she's going to take over for her husband, and she's going to be the Chabad emissary there without her husband. And she's and just a few months ago, she built, she opened up Beit Binyamin in memory of her husband. She built a, a new Chabad center, a, a new step that wasn't her husband couldn't do. She went and brought a step forward. There are people that they're knocked down, but they they have the strength to turn around and rebuild. As Churchill said, Churchill said that successful people aren't people who uh, maintain faithful to their goals. Faith, faith, successful people aren't the people who are always able to overcome. Successful people are people who go from one failure to another and they still keep on the same energy. One failure to another, they still keep on going. And the question is, where does this come from? How does Rabbi Kiva have this? And what, and what can we gain, learn from this? Huh? Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Kiva is the one on Lagbomer itself, after students start, stopped dying, that very same day he started a new yeshiva. So, and Rabbi Shum Bar Yochai also today, you ask anybody, anyone who knows a lot Lagba Omer, ask him what's going on in your life, this is happening, that's happening. But tonight's Lagba Omer, tonight's a different thing, tonight's Lagba Omer. Rabbi Shum Bar Yochai gives us this, this kind of trust in Hashem that, that, that we know that, that, that Hashem listens to us, Hashem answers us. Uh, a, friend of, uh, a friend of mine, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Moshe Weiss, is a He's Chabad in... Um, you can take it, take it, take it. Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks. So his father was a great philanthropist and he gave a lot of, a lot of charity throughout California, throughout the world. And many people would ask the Rebbe for blessings specifically to have children on Lagba Omer. It's a special day to have a blessing for children. So he didn't have any children. 
And he went, his father says, let's go, let's go to New York. Let's go to for bracha. They went to New York and they went, they, 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 there's different opportunities. The Rebbe comes out to try to speak to the Rebbe, but either, each opportunity they couldn't speak to the Rebbe. Finally, it was, it was nighttime, after like Omer, and the Rebbe sees Mr. Weiss. The Rebbe says to him, I heard the story from Mr. Weiss myself. He said, he went up to the Rebbe, the Rebbe said, why are you here? He said, I'm here to ask for my bracha for my son. The Rebbe said, why don't you go to the Rashi Bishon Yochai? So Mr. Weiss told me, he doesn't know how, he doesn't know why, he doesn't know what. When the Rebbe asked him that question, his neshama opened up. He felt the core of his neshama. And he said to the Rebbe, I want a bracha from this Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochai. <laughs> he pointed at the Rebbe, I want a bracha from you, your Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochai. And the Rebbe responded and said, Banimu Banot, sons and daughters. And uh, it didn't happen immediately, but... Adopted. And adopted, and we also had his own. So, so the, uh, the... Rabbi Weiss from Sherman Oaks. He went with his father. So, so there was a woman, she was, Omer story. There was, there was a, uh, every Lagba Omer, the Rebbe would go to the mikveh before going to visit the resting place of his father, father-in-law. And women would come there before the Rebbe would go to, to, to visit his father to ask for blessing for her children. This woman sees everyone gathered there by the mikveh, and she's pushing a double stroller. So she tells all the ladies there, you know, I was here last year. You're in a very good place. I was here last year. This is a good place to be. Look at what I have. They said, listen, they told her. The Rebbe's going to come by soon. We want someone to go to the Rebbe to ask for bracha for all of us. Maybe you could be our representative and ask the Rebbe for us. It's okay. The Rebbe comes by. She stands and tells the Rebbe, Rebbe, I was here last year. I asked the Rebbe for bracha for children. And this is the bracha the Rebbe gave me. I want a bracha for all everyone here to have the same bracha. So uh, all the ladies start going by. And Rebbe gives everyone a dime. One lady's watching this, and she didn't know why she was in the line, because she had children already. <laughs> but she went in the line, and she got a dime too. And she's the one saying the story. And she says that she got the dime, but she didn't feel this dime was for her, because she wasn't like maybe meant to go, but she got the dime. And she goes to work, and she's sitting in her office, and a lot of the ladies looking at her says, why are you so sad? It's like, Bohomer, why are you so upset? I said, I don't know, I was by the rep. She tells her what happened. Said, give it to me, give it to me. <laughs> She gives her the dime, and uh, Baruch Hashem, that lady, her, she had twin daughters, Baruch Hashem, and their, uh, their, their wedding was just a few years ago. Anyways, Lagba Omer is a day of miracles and wonders, but it starts with, it's, the miracles one start with Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva started the yeshiva on the day of tragedy. Psychologists say it takes five steps to recover from a tragedy. First there is hachasha, first there is denial. You don't think it didn't happen, it doesn't didn't happen, it's impossible, you say it didn't happen. Then you go to another, another stage of anger. Then you go from anger, you go to acceptance. After acceptance, you go to recovery. But Rabbi Kiva didn't go through all these things. <laughs> Rabbi Kiva, the same day he was beaten, and beaten so badly, he starts over the next, the very same day, like Bomer, he's starting off New Yishu. How do you do that? Where does it come from? Well, let's tell one other story of Rabbi Kiva, we'll understand, how, understand who Rabbi Kiva is. The Talmud says, at the end of chapter, Makot, famous story, Rabbi Kiva is walking together with his other colleagues and they pass by the place of the Beit HaMikdash. And they see in the place of the Beit HaMikdash there's a fox running around. So other rabbis say to Rabbi Kiva, they start crying. And he starts laughing. And they, and, and they, they see him laughing. Why is he laughing? It's such a, a horrible thing. This is Beit HaMikdash and there's this little animal running around there. It's crazy. This is a place of 
uh, where Sasha's grandfather will go talk, talk to Hashem. This is terrible. Now there's a fox there. Fek mikan kiyasti. So they said, why, they said, why are you, why are you uh, laughing? He says, why are you crying? So we're crying. This is the holiest place in the world. And now look, there's a fox running around there. He says, that's why I'm laughing. He says, why? It says in the Torah that Zion said that Zion will be plowed like a field. It sounds a horrible thing. It will become like a field. It says, until this happened, I didn't know if the other prophecy of the Torah would happen. What was the other prophecy of the Torah? That the prophecy of the Torah is, Od Yeshu's kingdom, there will again be elders and sons and daughters in Shalayim, and they'll sing and they'll laugh. It will happen again. So he says, I didn't believe, or I didn't know how this would happen until I saw the first prophecy happen. When I saw how terrible the first prophecy happened, I knew the second prophecy would also happen. That's the story. And they, they, they responded to him, Oh, Akiva Necham, Akiva, you comforted us. That's the story. The story doesn't make sense, though. Do you think the other rabbis didn't believe in the coming of Mashiach? They didn't believe Mashiach was going to come too? Of course they believe in the coming of Mashiach. Every Jew believes in Hashem, believes in the Geula, believes in Mashiach. They also believe in Mashiach. Do you think Rabbi Akiva didn't appreciate how horrible it is that this fox is running around the Beit HaMikdash? Of course he realized how terrible it is. So how come they're the ones who are laughing, crying, and he's the one who's laughing? Both agreed with each other. Both knew, both knew that the future is good and the present isn't, isn't good. So why was Rabbi Akiva laughing and they're, they're crying. Oh, so, sort of. Rabbi Kiva brought one pasuk to explain why he was so happy. What it was the pasuk he said? Tzion sadat techaresh. Tzion we plow like a field. What's the of plowing? When you plow something. You plow before you plant seeds. They, the chachamim, the sages, they felt bad is bad. The good is future is good, but Rikita says no. The destruction itself is part of the process of building. The, the bad is the friend of the good. The bad is the way of God's messenger to prepare for the good. That's part of the good. So it's not that first there is bad, and later there's good, and now we're having bad, and soon we'll have good. But Kiva felt that this is God's message for them to get to the good. This is part of the process. So when Kiva, unfortunately, he saw those students dying, and saw all this tragedy happening, he didn't feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, this is bad, I'm, do- I'm doing the wrong thing, this is terrible, what should I do? But this is a message from Hashem. I need to do something better. I, I, I get, let me get the message. In fact, Rabbi Kiva didn't go to his students, Rabbi Shema Yochai and Rabbi Meir, and say, okay, we'll just make a new yeshiva. He told them, listen, I want to tell you why the last yeshiva didn't work. The last yeshiva didn't work because there was no respect for each other. People didn't respect each other. That's why there was this plague. Where he learned exactly what the message was, and he started over again. How do you do that? Because Rabbi Kiva looked at Hashem with his eyes. He looked at Hashem with his eyes, and he says, Whatever God does is for the good. Which is two things. Number one is whatever happens is by God. And then number two, if it's from God, it must be that it must be that there's there for it's there for a reason. So this is the bottom line. Bottom line is we have to realize it's day of like Bomer. Whatever happened till now, happened till now. Now today is a day of miracles and wonders and bracha. We have to today, everyone, each of us should take a time to write a letter to the Rebbe, ask the Rebbe for a bracha. It's a day of tremendous bracha. We should all take time today to write a letter, ask the Rebbe for a bracha. It's a day of tremendous whatever the brachas you need are. You need your bracha, I need my bracha, we only the bracha of the Gula. Stay to ask for bracha, but until we get to the, see the bracha, there's a famous uh, tzaddik, last story, and let you guys go. There's a famous tzaddik, his name was, really the last story, there's a famous tzaddik, his name was Rabbi Sola of, of, uh, of Rizhin, and each of his students became tzaddikim too. One of his students, one of his sons, his name was Rabbi David, and he became the Rebbe of Chortke. So one guy goes to speak to Rabbi Sola of Rizhin, he says, I need help. So Rabbi David says, whenever my father tells you to come out, tell me what he says. All right, he comes out. What did your dad say? 
What my, what, what did my dad say? Your dad said God will help. So he says, go back in there and ask him what to do until God helps. So he goes in, he says, Rabbi, what do I do until God helps? Until God helps, God will help. <laughs> that, mean, until, that means we're always in God's hands, we're always going towards Mashiach, going towards Gula, going towards goodness, even when it doesn't feel that way. That's, 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 we're, we're on the train, we're on the train of Gula. Hem Shabbat Shalom to be united with Mashiach Sakeinu today and celebrate like Baomer, Yishalayim and Akedish. Kaim.